And that's the plot of the new Jumanji. Welcome everybody to Lunchtime in Rome. This is episode 42. We are so glad to have you. Please pull up a chair, have a seat around the table as we get into our show today. If you don't know where to find us or what to do next, go to Facebook. Go to, uh, we're actually streaming on Facebook Live right now. You're welcome to join us, unless you're listening in the past, then it's over and you can join us next week. Or you can go to lunchtimeinrome.com. And that's where our hub is. And you can find everything that you need there. Social medias, uh, places to download our podcast and subscribe to our podcast. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us five-star reviews. Yes. Um, That would help us out tremendously. We would less love four-star reviews. We would less love them, still appreciate them. Right. Anything under two. We would not love. You're dead to us. So (laughs) go somewhere else. Um, no, wow. no, we appreciate That's you true. also just wish you would choose differently in life. Make um, your choices, everybody. But I, I am Brian, and I'm also here with uh, with Eric. Yep, that's my name. And Jay. That's me. I was just trying to think of what order I did it last week, we'll and I have no recollection week. whatsoever. So, Oh, also a reminder, you can subscribe to email, um, and you can get our show notes delivered to your inbox. So anything that we reference yes. on the show, anything um, that we talk about we usually link to or just kind of take some notes about the the subject matter that we discuss on any given uh episode and we are called lunchtime in rome because we go from a passage in the bible romans twelve fifteen, which is kind of lunchtime in rome yep where it says rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn and that's what we do here we attempt to join each other in our emotions and and our joys and our struggles and we discuss that jay would you like to continue that whole segment and explain a little bit more yeah and i've i spoke and i'll get into my stuff later um at an event on Friday night, the one that I had talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was a great time being there. Boy, there's a lot of cities in between here and mm. Port Allegheny, Pennsylvania. But for probably, I think, the first time ever, I said the most common negative experience anyone faces is being alone. And I thought a lot about that because you're like, well, you know, there's people that are hungry, there's people that are poor. I mean, I guess you can go with sickness and death because everybody's going to experience that. But mm-hmm. at some point in time, Everyone experiences feeling alone, and it happens many times throughout somebody's, one could say life, but even really day. There's moments in any day when you're like, "Eh, yeah, I'm a little alone here. Mm -hmm. And when it gets extended over a period of time, it's debilitating. And so the way to not be alone is to have somebody join you in your emotions, which is rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, cry with those who cry to, you know, to elaborate on it. And so that's what we do with this podcast is we live life together. The three of us, we've been blessed with the friendship that we have. And so we get together and I was telling somebody at the festival about this podcast and I paused and I went, I don't know that we mourn together too much. Like we don't mm. mourn to make it together too much on this podcast. And we have, we got pretty good lives. We'll lament. Say, yeah. We'll lament when something's frustrating. Yeah. But We're, nonetheless, we model it in the first 20 minutes. I hope something bad happens to you guys so we can talk about it next week. Knock on wood. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being the case, um, 
I don't hope that, by the way. For 20 minutes, we sort of model that behavior of how to join each other in our emotions and live life uh, together. And then we'll talk about a topic of the day. And then at the very end, we point out people who can do better uh, as if we are some sort of supreme oh, arbiter yeah. of the quality of life. And then we lift up somebody and say they can't do better at the very end. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Brian? That's exactly right. <laughs> I f- and it's weird because I felt alone. It's so weird. I was at the beach this weekend. Um, and Monday afternoon. It's a great it, statement. Well, well, I was at the beach. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I celebrate that with you before you yeah. get into your aloneness. Thank you. But it was, yeah. So I'm at the beach and we're just having a, I'm having a really nice time. The weather's great. Um, part of me was like, I wish we had this weather and this water in June when yep, yep. you guys are both there with me. Um, yeah, the water, the weather was good. Windy dude. This weather was so nice. I mean, it was nice when we were there, but this was perfect. It was right. really hot without being too hot. It was humid. The water is, is what I miss the, the September end of August, September water. It's the best water of the, of it's the year. So nice. A little seaweedy for the first two days. Some yeah, but then you can play with the seaweed and like oh, scare the kids with it. Yeah, um, it brings its own fun. However, however, there was a moment on on Monday where it was it was the last day there. I was just kind of like, okay, this is kind of the last you know last hurrah of the summer. Not that it really is, but you know, it it kind of was. All right, if this was if this was the end of summer, this is a great end of summer. And yeah, but I'm sitting out there, and I was probably down on the beach myself. Like everybody had already gone up. And it's like four o'clock, and I'm still sitting there, and I'm just like, I don't want to leave. I like the, it's, it's it Monday. So, it's Monday. And it was so perfect. Like just the entire beach kept changing colors as the sun, you know, changed in the sky and the water and everything. But then it hit me like I'm sitting there for half an hour by myself, and I was like, eh. all right, let me check my phone and and realize like I'm starting to you know talk to people and text people and. And it just, it hit me like I can be alone for a little bit, but then I have that desire to, to need people and to, and to want to be around people and share things with people. And that was funny to me and and interesting to me because like, here I am on this beach by myself and how often in life, like, do you have so much noise and so many things going on? And you're like, and I here just you are. want to sit on the beach. And like, I was there and I was like, eh, I could, uh, <laughs> what, what's, what else, you know, what else is going on? And it, it you know, it just kind of hit me about. Like when God said, like you say, the the first thing that God had to solve, the first dilemma that God had to solve was the problem of man being alone. And he has, he's surrounded by all of this beauty and unspoiled, and there you know, were. unbroken wow. relationship with God. And, and then he, he felt alone. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Um, but let's not, let's not fool ourselves here. It was a great weekend. And a lot better than being alone in a jail cell. It was a lot better than being alone <laughs> in a jail cell or... Uh, I don't know, somewhere else. So that was kind of my week in review. I had a great time on the way down. Um, I was going to do this as a, uh, I can't do better, but I think that, um, I think it, it fits. It was very, as a can't do better. No, right here. Yeah. And so we're, we're on our way down to the beach and we had just reported, recorded the podcast the night before. So this, um, this is last Friday. I'm driving down. We recorded the podcast last Thursday and I'm listening to it with Alexis and, you know, we're all in the car driving down and, um, so I, I put on the podcast from last week and we listened to the whole thing. And then from the back seat, Ethan pipes up. He's like, Hey, can you put on another one? I'm like, <laughs> I look back. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, 
why? He's like, oh, I, I, I think they're great. I think they're funny, and I like listening to them. And, man, let me tell you, that was just, like, the biggest compliment, you know? Hey, like, when you can win over. My 12-year-old son. Yeah. You know? That's big. He, he didn't get in the car right away and put his headphones on. Like, because we had gone to Chick-fil-A first, and we, you, you had talked about it last week in last week's podcast. You're yeah. like, the drive through it's just always crazy. And, and we went. It was 2 o'clock on on. Um, on Friday afternoon, and it was slammed like yeah. at two o'clock. But they got us through like right away, right? You know? But we're still You're sit- not there long. We're still sitting in line, and that's it's when amazing. I put it on. And and like I think he'd probably you know checked out and put his headphones on, but he started listening to the podcast and just kind of st- stayed with it. And uh, it was just a great moment. That's so cool. I was so appreciative of that. And um, I just had great again great moments with with both my kids. Um, you know, that's what I talked about last week's podcast. Ethan and I had gone to the mountains and did biking. Um, but I had great moments with both my kids, um, just, you know, playing in the water. And at one point, Abby, um, just gives me the biggest hug. Like we're in the water and like, she just jumps up on me and gives me the biggest hug and looks me right in the eyes. And like, here I am. This is, there's this beautiful sun in the water and just, we're at the beach and she looks at me right in the eye. She's like, Dada, Daddy, I love doing this with you. This is one of my favorite things in the world to do is be in the water with you. And I was like, oh, man, this is why do I deserve, you know, why do I deserve this? I don't uh, know that you do. I don't. I don't. <laughs> so and you're sure going to take it. <laughs> and you do deserve it for being the good dad and doing things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Monday, Monday evening. Like I was just spent, like we played hard and I was spent Yeah. and, um, we, we had just finished dinner and I was really just looking forward to sitting, just sitting. Yeah. And Abby goes, Oh, daddy, can we go over to the park? Gosh, baby girl. Uh, <laughs> what's mama done this vacation? And this, <laughs> oh. I did, but I was joking. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, I'll take you to the park. And, um, so we went and had a great time at the park, and and it was just so many little great moments that added up to such a great experience. I cooked scallops. I, I, I followed in your footsteps, Jay, because um, you actually recited the recipe. Because you guys, you guys were talking we about, talked it. about it. We talked about I had tried, yep. and I did it too long. And yep. I tried again, and I got it right. But go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I went to the the one place where we got the bad, um, or the bad uh, muscles. Muscles. Yeah. We think they're bad muscles. Uh, oh, were, no, they were terrible. They were, they were, yeah. they were terrible. But I went back there to get um, to get the the, the pound right. of scallops that I got, and they were great. And I cooked them, and I cooked them perfectly. But the guy that was selling them to me, he was like, he told me how to pan, like basically the same exact recipe that you told me about, Jay. What did he say? He said um, like ninety seconds on each side. You know, get the get the skillet really hot. Do some olive oil and butter. You know, all the things that you said. A little bit right. of salt, a little bit of pepper, or whatever else you want to put on it. Um, and I did it exactly that way. And they were so like, and you said translucent, like so just a little bit yeah. translucent. I nailed it, and yeah. and like, and you got to get, and you didn't, you don't mess with them. It was you big. Leave them go. Yeah, it was, it was big, and, and the pressure was on. I saw the picture. Yeah, nice. Got well, nice and, and so like, I'm doing the scallops, but I'm also I was in charge of the grill. Oh, that's a lot. I was grilling. I was grilling the uh, the hamburgers. Like we. That's just, a lesson that I learned. What's that? So, like Jay said, that's a lot because like scallops, doing it again. I just do the scallops. Oh, you just just that's, that's all I do. do the scallops. All I do is scallops. The scallops. scallops all is all that I do. <laughs> but that like I, because me like tonight I burned um, 
I was making uh, sweet potato chips in the oven. Uh, totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and we, there's all kinds of black sweet yeah. potato we chips. We can talk about sweet potato chips. I mean. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, but th- that's, that is that is key. Like, if, you, if you're doing well, a couple things, kudos on you, man. Well, I used to bartend, and it was one of my favorite jobs because it was a lot of multitasking. Sure. And, like, you had to get the timing right on a lot of things. And so I'd started the grills and I charcoaled these burgers too. I, we didn't, we're not talking propane. I did charcoal right. grill. So you set the, you lit the fire like a, a, a day ago. I, it, 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 I don't know. I, I, it just timed out so perfectly and it was so great because the pressure was on, you know, oh, like yeah. you're cooking all of this food mm-hmm. for all of these people. And it was perfect. The funny thing is I cooked on a grill that was on about a 45 degree angle. And <laughs> at first I thought it was at first, I thought, <laughs> this isn't to throw my dad into the bus in any way, shape or form. Oh, no. <laughs> but at first I thought it was like, oh, this is like a new grill, like a new kind of newfangled grill where you have it, you cook on an angle. Cause maybe the fat goes, well, whatever, yeah, you want to have the, you know, higher f- flame, lower, Closer to the flame. Yeah. So, or, but what it was is just, oh. I told my dad about it and he's like, <laughs> oh. I put that grill together myself in April. It shouldn't be like that. Classic like, Ron. Ron. My man. It, it's, it's slanted dad. He's like, wow. But I made it work. So I, I, I it is know. a cooking feature. You have a hot spot and you have the, you know, a little less direct. Well, I heat. just, I had to make a ring around the middle, just, just the way that it was. But the, the, the burgers ended up fantastic and the scallops ended up great. And I'm running in and out of the house to do one or the other. And, um, wow. that's my food story. It was, it was just, it was and, a great. Yeah. Cause that's not convenient either, by the way. Running in and out of the house. No, it's not like in my house. I can be on my stove and in my grill within eight steps inside, right. outside. Right. You're yeah. going out, that down, nice. around. You got a good setup there. I do. Or smoke some. You can check the smoke. That's here. down the basement. Is it? I thought it was on the back porch. Outside. Nope. Oh, my bad. Nope, nope. But you don't know. I mean, you're smoking something. You'll, you'll check it every hour. Yeah, I know, but it's still right there. Well, yeah. that's what I it got. It was there, but then it was outside. And if it rains, that ruins the smoker because it has to have uh, the exhaust. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. And it doesn't matter to be on my back porch because who cares? Right. It's not going to catch anything on fire. Right. It burns at real low temperatures. We stole your thunder. No, that's it. That's all I got. I mean, it was just a great weekend uh, for a lot of different reasons, and, and I feel really, really glad about that and blessed to have Did you go to the boardwalk? Went to the board. Actually, went to the water park. Um, <laughs> what the hell are you saying? It was open, and I did it with You didn't Abby go on the Ferris wheel, did you? Didn't go on the Ferris wheel, but no, the water park was enough. We went one night to the boardwalk, and I told the kids, I was like, we're not doing anything crazy. Yep. We're going. So we went down to the water park. It was four to six, and then we met. <laughs> we're not doing anything crazy. We did the water park. Well, we, we did the water park, <laughs> and then we went to, to Mango's Pizza, yep. had the pizza, and then basically just did all the thing, like got all the fun. You know, everything that we do, we did that night. Yeah. Did the checklist. Did the checklist, and I told the kids, like, we're not going to the, you know, we're not doing anything else. We're doing this and then leaving. My ankle is killing me. I nah. got something going on my ankle, so I was like, I'm not walking anywhere. So um, so we did the boardwalk, and it was great. We did it one night. You've also left out awesome. perhaps one of the most important parts of your vacation. You made me think of it when you mentioned the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. And now the new checklist. Mm-hmm. What's that? Well, you go, and you take care of all the things, and you get pooped on. Oh, oh, and I did. That's right. <laughs> Monday afternoon when two I was sitting. Same two. year. Two for twice. two in 2019. They're making up for lost time. You're like, yeah. this guy's been coming here for too long. And, and we haven't hit him before. <laughs> and we've <laughs> just been co- we, him. we were even commenting like like Ocean City got these like falcons or something. Stop everything. Right. Josh Hughes, not watching. Morgan is, though. Oh, so hey. Morgan has stepped hey, in his place. Or else he's logged on using her stuff. Uh, I don't know. Rest in peace, Josh. Man, we're not dead. Dead to us. <laughs> wow. That's wow. that's how quick. 
All, all this talk of joining you in your emotion. El Hammond, which is crap. At gmail.com. Uh, no, my gosh, no. So yeah, anyways, I got pooped on, and that's the most important part of the whole weekend. And and yeah, uh, I feel like I've been talking stuff. too long. So stupid father daughter epic moment. Blah 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 God's blah, 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 blah blah blah. So what about you guys? Blah. Nothing. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> that's not true, Eric. Yeah, let's hear about it. Uh, let's hear about it. Yeah, Maggie turned one. What? You had a baby? Uh, <laughs> and she turned one all in one weekend. Um, it and feels like her. It does she feel that way. <laughs> um, yeah, we had Maggie's first birthday. It was crazy. Like, just leading up to it, although it was also very good. Um, so, I had a great talk with Aunt Pat. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, She's listening, so I threw it out there. Oh yeah, um, and at the party, right? <laughs> so we invited a bunch of friends and family, and uh, we filled one of the the rooms at church. Um, and Maggie did great. Like she really did. She really like you know no meltdowns. Which I mean, I had a meltdown. <laughs> I didn't really think that that she would, but like she did better than I had ever hoped or thought she would. Um, it was really cute. Um, our friends uh, Diana and Brock were there, and they brought Hope, um, who is uh, Maggie's age, five weeks off. Um, and when she strolled in, like Maggie just like lit up. Like it was like one of the cutest things I've ever seen. It's just so neat to watch her like start to get this like personality and like mm-hmm. get excited mm-hmm. about specific things, and you know. Um, so that was cool. It was cool to see a lot of family that we don't get to see very often and, and be here and spend time together. And, um, we, uh, had good food. Um, we did the smash cake thing. I think, you know, she was a champ at that. That's by far the nicest smash cake I've ever seen in my life. Well, and you know what? So Ken loves, uh, daughter. Uh, I always do this. I always say Ken loves daughter, but it's, uh, um, Nicole. Nicole, yes. There you go. Nicole uh, Love, who Later. makes fantastic cake. It's so good. Um, she made those? Gosh. She made the cupcakes. She could be on TV. She really could. She she made the cupcakes, and she made the her smash cake, and the smash cake was a little ladybug. Sure was. The whole theme of the party was a ladybug. And it was pretty genius. So the, the top layer was fondant. Um, fondant. Fondant. And uh, then there was cake underneath but there was a, a very thick layer of regular icing between the cake and the fondant hmm. huh. so there was so it created this like mound bubble that created the shape of the ladybug and then amy just cut a little hole in the back where mags could just reach in to the cake and the icing and just pull out whatever she wanted and it was just like the perfect no smash smash cake and she just kept on like shoveling icing in and she hit my face with, with it. It was very cute and I loved it and it was just awesome. And she just teetered around, walked around. She wasn't really phased by all the people, which was nice. I, yeah. I, I appreciated that. She owned um, the room. Yeah, she definitely owned the room. It was funny watching her on the smash kick. I took a picture of it, of everyone videotaping her at her smash oh cake. my god dude that was so weird it really to was me. it was dude that's why i took the picture and, and the picture doesn't do it justice and not, everyone and not weird in a, in a bad way but like I, i'm getting mag situated in her high chair for the, and then i turn to my family and friends 
and like 50 cell phones are just like pointed and i'm like so that's what paparazzi looks this like. is so weird well and it, it just kind of takes you like whoa whoa like this is the wall of phones and like people just staring in your yeah, direction we could go on now for a while with this topic and that's what i think a lot of people do but like I, we didn't have these types of cell phones in my and and we were poor bella we were talking about our first birthday parties you know i don't remember trace at all mm-hmm. i think i remember a little bit about bella's and all i remember about joe's is it was the first time he ever had any sugar whatsoever <laughs> joe yeah yeah it was our first child and so we there's no reason to give him sugar we weren't mm-hmm. giving him cookies and stuff like that so his birthday cake was the first cake first processed sugar he'd ever had mm-hmm. but that's and somebody had a fever at one of them you know but my point is like yeah I don't, would I watch it now? I don't know. And to see everybody with their cameras. Like, yep. I love you guys. I love Maggie. Yeah. I don't need to record her smash game. <laughs> like, there was literally no less than 12 people recording it. Right. I found that to be crazy in a really beautiful, supportive way. Yeah, because, I mean, as I've talked but about on the crazy. show before, she's a pretty big deal. She's the <laughs> she's the first... <laughs> first... Child on my mom's side and dad's side in like twenty two years. Yeah. So like it's a long time coming. So like there's a lot of family that, you know, we haven't seen a baby in a while. Um and so she's kind of a big deal, which is really cool to watch. Like it's it's we've just been so blessed with her and it's she's just a happy baby. Mm-hmm. You know, you were over here, Brian yesterday and she's gosh she, yesterday she was yeah, yeah and, but she was showing you like all her yeah. new tricks she was like brian i can do this now and i can do this and she really know, has taken you know, a lot of leaps yeah like yeah. i can i can show you all the things that you mm-hmm. know i i can do and uh it's it's just really cool um and i feel like she's just accelerating so quickly like you know le- you know I've, I've taken to heart what you've said is like slow down you mm-hmm. know? and I have like I've, I've taken in, it's impossible it's impo- right it's impossible because <laughs> I feel like the last two years have just been deleted like mm-hmm. out of my even though like so much life has happened in the past two years it's just been and, and like just gone mm-hmm. like Amy was just telling me that she was pregnant you know like oh ha. <laughs> I thought you meant like no no no, no 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 don't start the rumors don't start the rumors um no, it's it, as if it was. Today. Maggie, just, Maggie was like a the last big two deal. years. <laughs> yeah, the last two years mm-hmm. has just been so fast. But I have tried to soak in those little moments that I get with her, you know. And um, but I'm just I'm amazed how fast. Like she walked at ten months, you know. And I know that's early, you know. And she's she's starting to like mimic things that we say like we said yellow and she started kind of saying yellow Mm. um which is just neat like it's just really neat to watch her just just grow Mm -hmm. it's amazing and it's it's taught me to appreciate the little things you know when i take her on when i take her on walks like i'm just looking at things now that you don't normally look at like oh there's a tree you know, I've never looked at that tree before, but there it is. Yeah, man. Like, she'll point it out. Or, like, there's the squirrels. You know, like, you just start talking about the random things that are around you that you just don't notice. And it's just... And wait until the conversations start. Oh, right. Because she's going to start, you know, talking about all that, and then I'll really have to go into more depth about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember when Joe was first starting to walk, and we would go on, like, walk walks. 
like where he would walk. Yeah. But we had to be careful. And then we live on a pretty, you know, the street. There's not a lot of traffic, much like yours and whatever else. But I remember I once got a stick that was like a good four feet long because he would like wander off to one side or the other and I would just redirect him with a stick. Like a shepherd, like a shepherd staff. <laughs> it's really all it was. And I was that's like, what's well, either that or I have to bend over. And I'm like about to bend over that's all over the place. That's a great tip. So I kept tapping him one way, tapping him the other way. Oh my gosh. And yeah. as he gets older, he's like, that, that, that verse, they rod and I staff, they comfort me. I, <laughs> it's always bothered me and I don't know why. It's with me, Dad. Well, and you know what? The other thing, and one of the things that, one of the reasons why I think she's, there's a couple of reasons why I think she's accelerated pretty quickly. And I think it's pretty quickly. I think we're ahead of the curve on, on some things with her <laughs> development. Um, one, I think she gets the attention from our two mothers that watch her every day. That one on But do they really pay that much attention to her? <laughs> Hey, just throw her in the basement, you know, shut the door. Lube up the top of the bathtub and just leave her in. I mean, no water. They're not sick, but that way she can't get out. Exactly. Um, But, you know, someone at work the other day, you know, talking, she she has two kids, and her oldest hadn't started walking until um, he was 16 months, which is pretty late. That's pretty late. And the doctor was like, you got to put him down. (laughs) Like, you just have to put him mm. down and i think one of the things that i'm so grateful for is like we're older beginner parents mm-hmm. you know first parents and we've seen so much example from you know you guys you know with everything that i feel like we're a lot more comfortable as first-time parents of like letting her kind of experience things we have our moments that are like when sure. you know later on we'll probably be like that eh, wasn't a big deal you know that kind of thing but i feel like she's She's moving along really rapidly, and it's just, it's amazing. So, yeah. And you're good parents. I appreciate that. Yeah. I wouldn't tell you if you weren't, but I wouldn't say you were if you weren't. Yeah. So, Twizzle. I thought you said Twizzler. That's wisdom. (laughs) That's Twizzler, baby. Twizzler. Twizzler. You're the glue behind the curtain. Which is funny, because Twizzlers came up at my fantasy football draft on Sunday afternoon, but that's not really worth my time. Friday, uh, I got to go speak up in Port Allegheny, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, at the Breaking the Chains Coalition with Chesney, and it's a great festival. Um, It was just... It was really neat, and it's everything I thought it would be. You know, Port Allegheny is middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. up in the... just past the Allegheny National Forest. There's so many towns in Pennsylvania I have never heard of. Did you see a sign for Kane, PA? Oh, I drove right through Kane, PA. That's Whoa. a metropolis compared to some of the towns I was in. <laughs> Man. I mean, and it, it's a great drive. Like yeah. Three hours and 20 minutes that way versus three hours and 20 minutes on the turnpike. It's all the difference in the world. Yeah, that, that part of Pennsylvania, that it's whole great. northern part. It, it is really pretty. Port Allegheny is such a cool town, and, and I stayed in this little uh, bed and breakfast. Not even little. And I took a picture immediately of the bedroom, and I sent it to Rachel. And she's like, oh, it looks nice. You should have invited me, which, of course, she was <laughs> invited and just didn't want to go. Well, she had to work. But uh, the festival was good. My speaking was fine. Um, and I got to see a couple bands. It was funny. During my talk, the... The one featured band, Adelaide, was was coming up next, and I'm and I'm speaking, and they're talking behind the stage, mm. and I did like the school teacher thing, like I interrupted my talk and I turned around and stared at them. Oh, oh. and bless their hearts, 
They just they motored on. right through. Ah. Did not care at all. So did they I, look at you? Did they no. Like, they just, uh, that would be even more baller. They just like look at you, like, make eye contact, and they still talk. <laughs> They're still having that conversation. But uh, <laughs> it was good. It was a good time, and I drove back Saturday. And it's just so funny. It was such a busy weekend because yeah. Saturday afternoon was the birthday party. Birthday party. And then I was supposed to go coach, but my team was done by that point in time, so I didn't have to go coach. And then I had to do, I had to cut the grass and everything else. Sunday morning, church service, church service. Then the memorial service um, for the uh, man that drowned from Plum. Mm. Did they ever find him yet? I do not believe they have as of yet. And and let me tell you, as far as rejoicing with those who rejoice, which we didn't do there, but we mourned with those who mourned. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful experience. It was, he was a fire firefighter in Plum or municipal worker, I should say. Um, so he had all the connections in the world, and everybody knew and everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. And so they actually had this service. And it wasn't a funeral service. It was just sort of a wake. You mm-hmm. know, sort of, hey, everybody, let's get together. Yeah, closure. And it was in the municipal garage. Mm-hmm. And that it had to be. I mean, they had, they had probably seating for over two, 300 people. Wow. And it was full. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was an honor. It was such an honor for me to be there. Um for Marcy, his his wife, who has come to our church. That's Holly's sister. You guys know who Holly is. Holly's listening earlier tonight. I asked for permission to talk about it, um, and she didn't respond, so I'm talking about it. <laughs> she didn't say no. Anyhow. Um, it's better to ask forgiveness. Yeah, that's right. But the one thing was, and this is just a, this isn't today's topic at all, but one of the men who was there wanted to speak. You mean one of the guys that was on the boat? That was on the boat. Because there were four of them. There was four. All three were there that survived. Right. Okay. And bless their hearts. Um, But one of them wanted to speak because he wanted to let the story get out there. Uh Because everybody keeps asking, what happened? What happened? What happened here? What happened there? What happened there? And he just wanted to tell the story once and for all. Right. And also to get all the whispers stopped. Yes. And so I was talking to Marcy. I understand that. I was talking to Marcy and I was talking to Holly. And I said, you know, and he, he just couldn't do it. This mm-hmm. is before the, the service even started. He couldn't do it. And I said, you know, I will mention that when I'm speaking from the front. I mean, I was sort yeah. of leading the time off. I said, because the bottom line is this. A tragedy occurred, and we are very sad. Yeah. The details, if you want to know the details, you're being selfish. Mm-hmm. The details are for you. Yeah. Oh, how did it happen? It's none of your business. Right. The bottom line is, a tragedy happened. Yeah. And we are very sad. Yeah. And we're going to join you in your sorrow. Yeah. We're not going to ask you 25 questions. And that's it, the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Right. And I, and I tried to intimate that from up front. The, the kind of acute thing, for lack of a better term, that happened is as I was up front, and they wanted me to talk about John 14, which was in my house, there are many rooms. And, you know, if that, and I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Okay. So I did that. And then I talked about John 11. This may shock you, but Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus, Mary and Martha say to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And we can say that. Jesus, where were you? We have so many questions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you would have been there, maybe Ray wouldn't have died. And, and, and I've used that example in my own life. You know, uh, clearly we prayed for Trey to live. Mm-hmm. Well, Trey did not. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we might we not understand why did God do what he did or why didn't God do something he didn't do. But the reality is Jesus weeps. And that Jesus cares with us. Even though he makes the decisions he makes, he weeps with us. Mm-hmm. And as I get done doing that, the fire alarm goes off. <laughs> and, the, and the volunteer firefighters had to leave to go to a call. Oh, my goodness. And it was right in the middle. Like, I was just, 
I either had just started to pray or I don't think I had started to pray yet. And so I finished and I prayed. And as I prayed, I was like, well, I said, Lord, we, we pray for whoever they're going to go help right now. I said, because, you know, today is a sad day for us. It's going to be somebody else's sad day. And it was neat because Holly had told me that many people came up to her and said they thought that was nice that I prayed for somebody else's mm-hmm. bad day on their bad day. And when I say cute is everyone said that that was Ray mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that that made the fire alarm go oh, off yeah. because it was enough about him and it was right, time to eat. Right, right, right. You know, it is their way of moving on. And, yeah, and, sure. and that's important. So it was, it, was a, it was a special time and I was honored to be there. And then I had to flee to the North Hills to do my first fantasy football league draft. Then we go Sunday night to Rachel's friends, Lisa and Todd's annual uh, Labor Day picnic Sunday night. Are they the ones down in Cansburg? No, that's Dizzy and Vinny. Okay. But that is a shout out to Dizzy, who we did get to see. She was there. Um, <laughs> they have six kids. And Dizzy or Vinny leaned over to me at one point. He goes, how many do you think I could get away with leaving here? <laughs> I said, well, you could get away with leaving them all eventually. <laughs> and then Monday, uh, our Young Life slash volleyball slash Faith Community Church fantasy draft that yeah. uh, a few of us put together. Yeah. So it's a little busy. A little that busy. A little busy. A little busy. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. No tragedies happened that entire time as far as our immediate lives. Yeah. But we've all experienced tragedies. And we've experienced times in life when we're alone. And we've been looking last week, this week, and another week or two at situations in life when we find ourselves feeling alone. And certainly when we experience a tragedy, and that can be in a given day, but really more over a period of time. Yeah. When we need people the most, it seems they're not. Sometimes we don't find them. And so tonight I want to look at it from three viewpoints. Tarantino it up a bit. What'd you say? Tarantino it up a bit. That's exactly my motivation. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and me being the movie buff that I am, I know makes yep. all the sense in the world. No, but there's three groups of people <laughs> that we sort of need to address. One are people who have been hurt, yeah, and alone in tragedy. The other is people who have ignored <laughs> people mm-hmm. in tragedy. And then lastly really the rest of us who are not on either end right now, but we can love somebody who's in their moments. Mm -hmm. And I want to start with the second group, which is if you're the person that has abandoned somebody in a tragedy and I want to bring it up twofold one, well, maybe three even because there's grace, you know, none of us all handle things perfect all the time. Sure. And I think we can carry with us a whole lot of uh, burdens. And if we've dropped the ball and if you know, you've dropped the ball, I think you can still go back. I think it's important to say, you know what? I I wasn't there for you in this time period. I I wasn't there for you. And I I know that. Yeah. And I want you to know I'm real sorry. And that breaks my heart. But there's another subset of that group, which, and this has happened to me, where somebody said to me a little while ago, hey, I went through this terrible time period and you weren't there for me. Mm. And you talk about love mm. and you talk about joining somebody in their emotion and you talk about not letting somebody feel alone. Well, when I needed you the most, I was alone and mm. it was your fault, mm. which is great for me to hear. <laughs> yeah. And so what do you do in that moment? And you one up them. You tell them. <laughs> give them facts, logic and reason of why you weren't there. Exactly. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Uh, you could just avoid it. You could just say, "Yeah, it's great," and walk away. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but what I would, what I did was, did my dad gumdist, dad gumdist, yeah, to understand how they felt the way they did. 
because I had locked and loaded what you just said. Yeah. And, oh man, having so much. And in a and that is the facts, logic, and reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of not even why I wasn't there for them. Yeah. Like in this one specific circumstance that I'm referring to, referencing. You know, I didn't even know she was in the situation she was in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't know the tragedy she was experiencing because yeah. she had stopped communicating. Yeah. Mm. You know, in my mind, she's hunky dory. She's right. moved on with her life. Okay. Not yeah. as involved with the Mitlows anymore. Great. So I think in a court of public opinion, yeah. if I would have stated my case, there's no way anybody would say, well, Jay was a real jerk there. Right. Yeah. But rather I had to go, how does she see this? Mm-hmm. How does she see that? I, even though I didn't call her anymore, any less in that time period than I did in the five or 10 years before that, it was just, I thought, you know, I could see, you know, I really worked hard. I'm like, I can see how she feels the way she does. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I could see how you feel that way. And, and that makes me sad that you went through that mm-hmm. and that you thought that I didn't care. That's, that's bad. That's my bad. You know, and a little bit in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I lying at this point? But, but what does it, what does it prove to me to show her that her feelings were wrong? Right. right. What do I win in that? Yeah. A little bit of pride for you. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. So, is the relationship worth that? Uh-huh. It's not worth it. I don't think. Right. Is it? Is that? Is it worth it to be that right? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it more important to mend that relationship? And if that's playing the, you know, the peacemaker in that situation. But it's also important to be to altruistically go. Absolutely. How do they feel that Absolutely. way? I guess you know. Can I see that way at all? And I think no matter what we could event, if especially if we know that person, we're like, eh, I can see how they felt that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It does yeah. help. It does help to know the person and their their. And they're intense. probably not going to share that with you if you don't know the person, right? And you know, kind of talked to this about about this today at work, where you know we we've talked about it before on the show, where we may not hit that emotional need right away, and you have to like. Mm-hmm come back with another one until right. you hit it on the head and you're like, all right, there we go. Right. So you it's got, harder promotion. For, oh, you got more money. Ah, uh, yeah, I got more money. Right. It's harder to meet that if you don't know, but like if yeah. you are in a situation like this where you know the person, well, it, it is easier to hit that target. Right. And to see how you've let them down. Even if you didn't know, you know what I mean? It's, it's rare that you've hurt somebody and you meant to, you know what I'm saying? Like too often we feel like, well, I didn't mean to. And so yeah. we explain why we didn't mean to. Well, it's, you're really a jerk if you meant to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. We don't inherently mean to abandon yeah. somebody right. in their times of tragedy. We do. Sure. Now, but now, again, now let's let's transition a little bit to the people who have been abandoned mm-hmm. and, and and left alone in their times of trials. And my heart breaks yeah. for all those types of people. Uh, Probably about those. It's everybody. Yeah. No, that's not true. But it's not everybody. But it's about those. But to that end, we have to remember. You know, my biggest encouragement is to be. It's going to sound funny. Mm -hmm. Open and honest, and vulnerable about where you are, and have that somebody that you can just say, "Is it me?" Or because if I go through the people who abandoned me during the trade days, and I have a list, um, it's not a very long list. But I have a list, and I'm not going to blow up their spots on this podcast. That'll be in the uh, the what, what are the uh, happy hour in happy, Rome. Uh, happy hour. It's Rome. probably no. It's more like after hours in Rome, yeah. the dark podcast <laughs> that will start. I'll blow them up on that one. 
But because I had other people, it didn't hurt as much that they had abandoned me. Yeah. That they left me alone. People that I thought, okay, they're going to be there for me. Let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, before you go there. Sure. My point is for those, I hope you have somebody that yeah. won't abandon you. Yeah. And I hope that... You know, you're open and you're honest saying, look, I need somebody that you'll find. And the point is, that's where vulnerable comes in. Yeah. Because you might reach out and, and that person rejects you. Oh, I might reach out over here and that person rejects you. Well, then I'm not going to be vulnerable. And you got to keep reaching out. Man, one uh, one thing I do want to say before I forget it, because this just popped into my mind. And for whatever reason, it just popped into my mind. If you, if you are a kid like Ethan, 12-year-old, and you are listening to this show, there Ooh. are... A lot of opportunities when you're that age to let somebody else love you that might not be very popular. I feel like there's a lot of times where mm. I've seen the cool kid in school or whatever either act tough or like they act like they they don't need comfort or whatever when there's like that nerdy dorky kid that would be happy to comfort them and help them out in whatever need they do, but they just get shoved aside. So two people actually get hurt and not comfort. The one cool kid that doesn't want to be associated with the nerdy kid and the nerdy kid that doesn't get to do what he's trying to do and be friends and help. You right. know what I mean? And that's the plot of the new Jumanji. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I'm so proud of you for that line. <laughs> is it, by the way, or are you just being funny? It's a subplot. It's in a New subplot. Oh, it was so much better if you were just saying it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but you'd be meeting the need of the of the kid, and I feel like there'd be a lot less hurt in, in this world if we started out life that way. Um, but yeah, I just that just came to mind. Back to your question. Uh, I forget what it was. Those who had abandoned. Uh, us, Rachel, myself, or myself. Oh, during the trade days. So you have the people that that comforted you through it all, right? Mm -hmm. And you have the people that you said throngs of people that also sure, because yeah. we were open and honest and vulnerable. Right. We made the decision when uh, Trey got diagnosed, and I literally I said, "We're just going to pull our pants down and be like, look, this is what it's like to have a kid with cancer." Mm -hmm. Had we just kept it real close to the vest, yeah. We would have not received as much comfort as sure. Today, but go on, right? Um, but there are people that left. Oh yeah. So I hear what you're saying. Of you have to have those other people that kind of wait. They they they, they make up. For they it. balance up. They make up for it. Yes, but it still hurts. It still hurts. Yes, it does. It's right? still a loss. So I in me in my mind. But that's wait. That's the difference between being alone and being all alone. Oh yeah, that's true. But like I, for me personally, like I have to purposely focus on what I have because there are people in my life where I'm like, why don't you like want to like be part of my life, mm -hmm. right? Why don't you reach out, you know? And it still hurts, you know, because some people are closer than others, mm -hmm. you know. And but I have to focus on like you guys. Like I can always rely on you guys, and I have to focus on that. Right. I have to be persistent about it. And I think that's something to, important to remember. That just to remember what you what you do have, and feel blessed that you do have it. Because there are people that are alone, alone. You know that all alone, all, all alone. Yeah. And and I think also for those people that like in in my situations, two come to mind with Trey, and with them. You know, one person, their wife came up to me crying, 
shook their head. And it was like right after he was diagnosed and we were at a Young Life event. And the person's wife was, you know, they were there together. And the, just shaking her head, shaking her head, shaking her head, almost pounds my chest with her hand open and then just runs away from me. And I was like, we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I never, never heard from her, her husband ever again. Wow. Not, a, not a note, not an email, wow. not a nothing. That's a big moment. And and then the other person said to me, and this was deep into the trade days, but now he's terminal. Mm. So the, the hope in theory is gone. Okay, yeah. we still hoped. Right. And and I had I had brunch with them, breakfast, whatever, coffee, even though I don't drink coffee. And the person said to me, this is too hard for me. And they stopped talking to me. They wouldn't return my calls after that. We never again. I mean, we 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 happened to speak a couple times, but only by chance. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that person said, "This is too difficult for me." Good talk. And they came to his funeral. Give him that. Mm-hmm. Came to his funeral. Now, why do you think that is? They came to the funeral. No, no, no. Why do you think it was too difficult? It's too hard. It's a child dying. It was too hard. Uh, but I don't think it's that. Alrighty. I think it's. I think it's. The, yes, the child dying. They didn't. But like watching. Me. No, they liked you a lot. And that's why it was so hard. They, I feel like they were like, I can't believe this is happening to one of the best people I know. Like, that's where my mind goes. That's like, kind of you. Um, <clears throat> maybe, but I think it's more a function of it was just too difficult to watch. And it's okay. I sure, mean, I get that. And that's the, sort of the reality of it all is, and I was never, I mean, it, it hurts. Just like you said, it still yeah. hurts. But that's who they are. They didn't choose to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for some people, it's too difficult. And so you have to extend grace. Yeah. It's, and it's easy for me to extend grace when I've got all these other people, you know, that are there for you. Sure. In these time periods. Yeah. And so for those who have been abandoned, my heart is broken. And I've heard mm. too many stories, and especially in churches, whether it be through deaths, whether it be through miscarriages, where churches have dropped the ball. And I mean at the corporate level as yeah. far as the leadership, yep. but also individuals, which you're much you can't you can't control what a person in a church says to somebody. Sure, you know. But I've been blessed with the opportunity to at least hear those stories and and come and try to comfort, um, and 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 sort of help comfort them after the fact. Yeah. Um, but we've just got to continue to, if at all possible, extend grace and seek help from other people in those situations, from others in those situations, which leads us to being those other people Mm. that's the third group so there's those who have hurt people those who have been hurt by people and then now it's those like us who have the opportunity to go to people who we know are in the middle of their tragedy in the middle of their times of need and i think it's it's the greatest opportunity to love somebody yeah when and i think of some of the people that came alongside us in the trade days that we weren't close to at all and looking backwards i'm like why did they think that we would even care what they thought mm. except boy do i appreciate that they mm-hmm. took us by the hand and said here we're going to do this and we're yeah. not you're not going to be alone and we're going to do this and the new yeah. relationships so I, I think it's so so important to just to to be a part of people's lives which sounds funny but so that we know their stories well and as we as we go on we've mentioned this before on the show but like as we go on in a society that's getting more and more disconnected from each other it feels foreign. It feels even more vulnerable than it really should, but it's so different than the norm now. Like of actually having a conversation and being vulnerable by like 
being present and using your voice and not through a text. Right. You know, so like being a part of people's lives is much different than texting somebody or, yeah. you know, but also I think to that end, you know, we were talking, one of the ways we can do that is to text. Oh yeah, totally. Right. I'm not saying don't text. I know that. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. but it's like one of those things where someone's going through something and you just it's an check easy in. in. It's an easy, and it's yeah. also, it, it can breach the awkward because maybe you don't know somebody well enough to call them. Right. Which sounds weird. Yeah. But you can Facebook message them. Like we're Facebook friends. Right. I, I did it. I did it to somebody that I know that um, knew Mr. Babbitt. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I just saw him like a couple days before that happened. Maybe a week before that happened. Maybe two weeks. I don't know. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like. And I just reached out to him on Facebook Messenger because I don't have his phone number, but I just reached out to him and right. and told him how you know sorry I was and you know I mentioned some other things and and he was really appreciative. But like, it was one of those things where it's like I'm not gonna go drive yeah to the school and say hey what's going on you know I'm so sorry like it was just like hey man I'm thinking about you if you need anything it you seemed know. right yeah right and I think very often we know what is and what isn't right. That we, we mm-hmm. go, uh, that might mm-hmm. be too much. Yes. You know, or uh, I definitely should, or mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't. And, and it's funny you say that because I remember um, Dustin Bowden, Courtney yeah. and Dustin, um, one of my lowest moments uh, early on, um, I was all alone and I was just crying at home and they, everybody, you know, during the trade days and he was knocking on my door. And I went downstairs and yeah. And he said, I, I never knew that was Dustin. Yeah. And he said, I didn't know what to do. So I just figured I would show up. Yeah. Which I never knew that was which, Dustin. Which, You've told that story before. Right, which looking backwards. A little ballsy. That is ballsy. <laughs> a little ballsy. That is ballsy. And it was great. It was great that day because he felt led to. Yeah. And so sometimes we feel led to do something. I, I think. Um, <laughs> sometimes we feel led. And we, we, sometimes we are wrong. <laughs> sometimes we need to refine that. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> I feel like I do that a lot where I'm just like, no, nah, it can't be right. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. She keep track. Uh, somebody's keeping <laughs> just track. Act on all of it. Act on everything. No, but I'm saying you should refine it. Like, yeah. okay, I feel led to do this. Okay. Write down. Here's what I feel led to do. Yeah. I did it. What was the result? Yeah. And then the next time I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then see if there's anything and, yeah. and sort of keep track. But I think when in doubt, we can comfort. The one thing I would say is for somebody that's in tragedy, and again, this is pretty loose. You know, is it somebody who was in a car accident? Is it somebody who's diagnosed with a disease? Somebody lose somebody. You know, so it's all over the place. But I think consistency is key. You know, and I think it's too often I go to a funeral and I see the thousand uh, different lasagnas and stuffed shells that everybody's given them. Yeah. And they say, is there anything you need? Is there anything you need? And I tell them. Hey, in, in six months, mm-hmm. if there's anything you need, you let me know. And I'm going to check in with you in three months. I'm going to check in with you in six months. Yeah. You know, again, this isn't necessarily somebody that I see all the time. It's somebody that, you know, you're just showing up. Yeah. And it's important to do that because everybody goes away. There's always mm-hmm. another tragedy. Yeah. We talked about, you know, the horrific tragedy that happened in Penn Hills this weekend. Yeah. You know, well, there was another one. There was a car crash two days before that. Yeah. There were 26-year-old girl died. Yeah. You know, well, okay, which tragedy? Well, there's always another tragedy. Yeah. yeah. So we and and you get pushed by the wayside. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You, you look at the tragic deaths in our church. Yeah. Well, those were a year ago. Right. They're all fine now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't miss their siblings and their it's, spouses. It's funny. And, that you mean, I've I've been I've started to try to be more uh, purposeful with that and and concentrate on reaching out 
after all the cards have been delivered, after all the flowers have been delivered. When you've given away the last of the frozen dinners that somebody yeah. gave you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frozen meals. Just yeah. reach out and see how they're doing two months later. But it, is, will, it is different. It might, I will end with, it breaks my heart when I see the people just get hurt in the worst times. So mm-hmm. if we can do that, if we can just help somebody not be that alone, yeah. we will have done better. That's a nice transition, Jay. Thank you. Brian, do you want to mess it up in any way? I'm keeping my mouth shut. He really has. <laughs> I've looked at you a couple times. <laughs> well, nope. Waiting nope. for him to talk. Nothing. All right, do he better. Left. He's still on the beat. I got to do better that I found, like, really recently. Um, so I'll go because I didn't talk about what I was going to talk about, and then you guys can go and talk about what you guys were going to talk about. Um, title of this one is How an L.A. Man... With cancer, got, <laughs> oh, sorry. got a parking ticket while in the hospital and ended up losing his car. <laughs> That's a bad day. Losing his car. <laughs> yeah. So Joseph Morisi thought his stay in the hospital for a kidney cancer surgery was going to be short. His doctors has anticipated he'd be there about two days to recover from the minimally invasive procedure to remove a tumor and a third of his right kidney. But as he was waking up from surgery, Morrissey uh, suffered a seizure and stroke. He woke up three days later, unaware of what happened. Around this same time, Morrissey received a parking ticket for his car being parked on the street outside his Highland Park home for more than 72 hours. Morrissey wouldn't know about the ticket until he returned home a few days later and hobbled down his driveway using a walker after his landlady mentioned she thought he'd gotten a ticket. Okay. Sorry. His plan, because he he wasn't legally allowed to drive after the seizure, he was unsteady on his feet, was to call a friend and get his car moved as soon as possible. Instead, the city of Los Angeles towed his car three days after Morrissey was released from the hospital and eventually sold his 1996 Jeep Jeep Grand Cherokee at a lien sale. So there's a couple do-betters here. A lot of do-betters. One, the the landlady, (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying be all up in people's business, but I would assume... That you might know that one of your tenants are is going to have cancer surgery, you know, that would make sense. So if there was a lookout, if there was a parking ticket on there, like maybe you call the city and say, "Hey, this guy's in the hospital." She could have done better. She could have done better. She could do better. That this, would be exemplary. <laughs> the city. I feel like you sold the car pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tickets we get. <laughs> yeah, the meter made. Hey, the car's there. The car's there. They don't know the story. <laughs> right. I feel like there's probably other cars that have been impounded for much longer. Um, I feel like that well, turnaround. It, it was a 1996 Jeep Grand Cherokee. So well, I heard that's that. gonna <laughs> mint. That's yeah. That's going fast. Mint. It's going fast. Left outside. I had a 2001, and I'll tell you what, that Grand. <laughs> I Cherokee. do. I do love that car. That, that was, was a great, great car. But like, that's a quick turnaround. No, and that like, is. government and just doesn't nothing, move that fast. I was just gonna say, nothing, <laughs> nothing moves <laughs> quicker than local government. Let me tell you. <laughs> right. And I'm telling you, the way they've cleaned up the homeless in Los Angeles. Oh, oh the best. Great. I tell you what, no diseases. No, they're no doing place. so good out there. There's all kinds of feces in that Cherokee now. Ugh, woof. I tell you, with neighbors, huh? What about him? 
Don't know where we're going with this one. Sometimes you, you've got neighbors who complain, and you want to say do better to them, but maybe not. That was Brian's. Or what's your name, Eric? Brian, do you have a do better? Oh, oh, oh! I was well. <laughs> like, what I'm is sorry. going on? No, I was gonna do the. Uh, the, the man avoids arrest after Seagull steals his weed, but that's a can't do better, in my opinion. <laughs> well, maybe, that, maybe didn't we do that last we week? We didn't do it. No, we didn't no, do we, it. it was, I will do it right now. So, but I feel like it's a can't do better because the guy. Didn't <laughs> well, go we to have jail. a couple hybrids coming up, so you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Hi, right. hi birds well, coming up. Uh, hi um, birds. Hi birds. You can see yourself out. Go. So I win. Do we think that the lady the vegan lady is a can't do better or is that a do better because to uh, me skip that's it. a do better that's a do better that's a do better well then let's do it but i got a different one we're skipping her oh we're gonna skip her. oh man <laughs> we'll use it next week tease this lady the t all right so anyways i don't know whether this is a can't do or a do better man avoids arrest after seagull steals his weed a man from sweden has managed to evade arrest and possibly imprisonment after a cheeky seagull stole his stash of weed cheeky monkey the bizarre theft occurred just moments before two plainclothes officers closed in on the man to make the arrest slapping him with a charge that could prove serious the officers have been on patrol at the gothenburg cultural festival when they noticed a woman smoking marijuana this is regarded to be a serious offense in sweden with possible medicinal benefits dismissed by the swedish government devil's lettuce <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Uh, so anyways, um, as reported by the leaf desk, a man plonked on a nearby bench, witnessed the officers, and began to worry about his own recreational activities. He chucked a bag of weed away from him, but was unfortunately spotted by the eagle-eyed officers. Turning their attention away from the woman with the joint, the officers headed towards the man who no doubt, rack- who was no doubt racking his brains for a daring escape plan. It's not too hard to imagine the panic the unnamed man mm-hmm. felt as the officers strode towards him. Sweden has some of the harshest drug laws on the planet with heavy fines and six months prison sentence dished out for the possession of a Wait, single Wait, I thought joint. everything was free and cool in Sweden. He was going to just escape down one they of like free, fjords. Free health care and free yeah. everything. Free weed, too. Free weed for seagulls. Free Luckily weed. for this man, his guardian angel was keeping an eye out for him, guardian albeit angel. an angel with scruffy wings and a less than heavenly singing voice. <laughs> This is how the article's written. It's great. It is great. As one of the officers reached down to grab the bag, a punk rock seagull with an apparent... Punk rock seagull! <laughs> Did he have a mohawk? With an apparent disdain for the law, swooped down and snatched up the bag in his beak. Who wrote this? This is amazing. This is great. Yeah. Eighth grader on acid. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, basically. So anyways, the seagull... The policeman stood and watched the evidence disappear into the sky. Unfortunately for the woman with the joint, there was apparently no other chip... Uh, I don't know. Slang chip, term for it. Yeah, Chip Buddy Fiends in the area willing to lend a beak. She was also arrested for use and possession with the spokeswoman describing her arrest as a patch over the wound. So, anyways, Seagulls steals a guy's weed. I say can't do better to that guy. Or the Seagull. Or the Seagull. Cops, unfortunate for them, they almost had a bust but didn't. So, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I just That Seagull sticking it to the man. Dude, that Seagull... <laughs> Sticking it to the man. <laughs> Dateline, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, <laughs> Nailed man. it. Starting with Walmart. <laughs> starting with a do better. I don't even know what we're doing. The person who sent this, who likes to remain oh. blissfully anonymous, yeah, was supposed to be going to yes, you guessed it, Charleston, South Carolina, this week for a much deserved vacation. Oh. But Stapy Dorian. Oh, man. Has ruined this vacation. That sucks. And yet this person loves this podcast enough to send us a can't do better. About 
the very about storm. The very stupid <laughs> storm. And this past week's sermon was uh, don't be like Jonah, because it's Jonah chapter four where he's just bitching about God reaching out, you know, to the Ninevites. Yeah. And and I told her, I said, because she felt guilty that she's feeling bad that her vacation's ruined when meanwhile people's lives are ruined. Right. And I was like, don't be that guilty and don't listen to this sermon because <laughs> you're just going to feel worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Cover your ears. Don't listen to it. But Dateline Jacksonville, a Florida man parked his smart car <laughs> in his kitchen to protect it from Hurricane Dorian. In a Facebook post, Jessica Eldridge said her husband, Patrick, which is kind of funny that Jessica is pointing this out, was afraid his car might blow away. So he parked it in their Jacksonville very home's well kitchen. So, uh, she wrote Tuesday that their other car is parked in the garage. And there is a picture of this. I guess you call it a car. Uh, and Eric, you you pointed out, you pointed out, yeah, it's it's kind of a do better. Why is that, Eric? Because they have a smart car. Because there's a dude driving <laughs> a teeny tiny golf cart smart car. <laughs> Actually, if you would put go- golf clubs on the back of this car, pop a wheelie. <laughs> it's a very small. They car. shut the back hatch and your golf clubs go through the window. Exactly, <laughs> that's what would happen. But I got to give it to him. He's he is uh, very. How did he fit it? That's a big kitchen. I mean, like, the smart car is not huge, but I, still, it's a car. You could fit a smart car in this room. Wow. We will post the picture. And for reference, this room is not that big. Yeah, for that matter. <laughs> we are. Though tight. I will tell you what. As far as uh, can't do better, Beth Strauss uh, sent Beth Strauss. Uh, a Facebook live. She didn't call it a can't do better, but uh-huh. she was giving us huge props on Pod Center tabletop. Oh, the she pod rec- master. She recognized the trademark pending. <laughs> gymnasium floor. Yeah. What'd you say? I said trademark pending. Pod master. The pod master. The pod master. I yeah. apologize. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Mega pod. it's a piece of the Penn Hills gym floor. From, from the old high school. From, from back when you were banging there, playing all those sports oh, on the man. gym floor, starting. Skipping gym class as much as I could. Heading to the band room. Um, that's resting on top. Of a drum stand. Man. Right? Right? Trademark. Um, so it's not flimsy either. You have the drum no, stand like a sturdy. snare drum would. It's pretty good. Yeah. It, it's the uh, the weight of the mics put it, puts it a little off kilter, but when we're all kind of balanced. There's room for one more. For when we have a guest on the show, and don't you know that's coming up in how long? Uh, six months ago. There it is. <laughs> yep. We're Still working on it. Getting right on that. Um, it's coming up. But yeah, it's I love this thing. I'm pretty proud of it actually. Well. And that on that being note, the case, <laughs> we're going to see ourselves out here. This has been episode 42. Uh we're so glad that you joined us. Um we look forward to many more of these. Please join us down the line. Again, please subscribe to our podcast. Please give us uh, you know, good ratings. Um that would be awesome. And um we uh are so glad that you came. Eric, thanks for the shout out, Steph. See you later. Bye.